Welcome to Point with Daryl Jones, speaker and lead pastor of the Rock Fellowship Church in Miami, Florida, and president of Point Ministries. Our goal at Point Ministries is to point you to the Word of God, where Jesus is the point. Today's message is from the series, Ordinary People, Extraordinary Experiences, where Dr. Jones teaches how God uses everyday normal people to accomplish amazing things for the kingdom of God. Now let's join them for today's message. Well, if you have ever raised small children, if you have ever been to a daycare, if you have babysat, you know, a little niece or a nephew, you'll find some things out about a small child that will sometimes kind of shake you to the core. And uh, I recently, not long ago, I had a friend of mine who they had their first child and uh, just loved this new little baby and babies growing up. And one of the first times they got their child with other children, my buddy hit me up and was like, man, I, I, my, my, my son is great, but I, I saw some stuff in him that really bothered me. I said, what? What'd you see? And he's like, man, he was, he was like, he don't want to share it all. I mean, he was just keeping his stuff and snatching stuff from the kids. And I was like, he, he's such a good little boy, but he was like so selfish. And, and I was like, oh, you came face to face with the sin nature. Notice you and your wife never had to teach that baby to be selfish. Never one time have you driven into that child, do not share. The opposite is true, meaning all these children that you see, we got to raise and you, your babysitting, all those kind of things. Is you have to over and over teach sharing. We raise up our children with the hope that they won't be selfish, but they will be selfless. And today we're going to look at a particular person in the New Testament that is a great example of selfless living. And this particular New Testament character is known by all of us as Barnabas. Yes, Barnabas. Barnabas is a name that we've heard before. Barnabas is a name that we normally, we always hear with Paul and we only understand him in this connection with Paul, but his story and what God did in and through him is major. And I want us to take a look at this and how he, this particular person is a great example of selfless living. And we're going to see two major things in Barnabas's life of what it looks like to live selflessly, what selfless living looks like. And it starts with having a heart for God. Now, if we're going to do something, it, there's always a foundation. We always have a starting point. If there is a goal, then we're going to have certain objectives that we need to achieve to reach that goal. And the first one, if we're going to live selflessly, is going to start with where our hearts are aligned when it comes to God and what God is doing. And I want you to see the very first time that Barnabas is introduced in the scriptures of how he is presented to us in Acts chapter 4. What you saw in the early church, the church in Jerusalem, was that they were growing. The gospel was going forward. And many 
of the disciples, those they were they were receiving instruction and leadership from the apostles. And what they start to do is they start to share what they had so that everybody's needs were met. You know, they, they, they would give to the church so that everybody's needs were met and that the ministry could go forward. That's that was the practice that they were doing right from the beginning at the early church. Now, what's interesting, we're introduced to this guy named Joseph. And this is some, this is some serious thing. We, we learn some things right from the jump. His name is Joseph. He's from the tribe of Levi, and he's from Cyprus. Now, we got to understand this. He's in Jerusalem when we're introduced. A lot of the diaspora Jews would come into Jerusalem. It looks like he came in from Cyprus and was staying there. So he had a Hellenistic background. He wasn't wasn't from Jerusalem. He wasn't from Judea. He had a Hellenistic background, but he was a Jew. He was from the tribe of Levi, and his name was Joseph. So he got a strong name. He got a strong name. But he was called Barnabas. And as his life unfolds, we're going to find out why he was called Barnabas. Son of of encouragement. And the very first introduction is his heart for God. He sells a field that he owns, brings it to the apostles, all the proceeds, and lays it at the feet of the apostles. What that's communicating is this. He is so invested in the gospel. He is so invested in what God is doing that he's taken from what he can benefit from. And he's given it for the advancement of the kingdom of God. One of the very first things we can learn when we're talking about selfless living is, do we have a heart for God that the things that we have, the things that we own, we want to actually leverage that for the sake of the gospel? That we want to leverage that for the benefit of the church so that the ministry can go forward? That the needs of the people of God and what God is doing is met. It's not about... (laughs) The name, it's not about fame, it's not about notoriety. It starts from, do you care about the things God cares about? He has a heart for God. He's introduced, and this Levite background is interesting because he's not called a priest, but he comes from the tribe of the priests. One of the things that part of their background was, you know, they 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 were they they take care of the temple, you know, they they taught the word of God, you know, they they provided for the ministry of temple worship to the Lord. And now he has placed faith in Jesus as Messiah, and he realizes I'm not gonna sell this field and take it to the temple. Because God's plan and what he is doing is the advancement of the kingdom of God through the name Jesus Christ. And his heart, right from the beginning, we introduced to him is that he is selfless because he gives of what he has for the advancement of the kingdom as he brings the proceeds from his field and lays them at the apostles' feet. And from there, we start to learn a little more information from him. Not only is he a Hellenistic Jew from Cyprus, now in Jerusalem, uh, from the tribe of Levi, he's also very much respected. As time goes on, he becomes a very much respected and trusted 
man of God in the Jerusalem church. Now, this is where Peter was. This is where James were, the, the pillars of the faith, so to speak. John, you know, all, all the heavyweights, you know, the apostles. And this is how they felt about Barnabas. And I want us to look at this in chapter 11. The church in Jerusalem finds out that Greeks, non-Jews, have turned to follow Jesus. And they're like, we got to check this out. We got to see. Because remember, it just said they were sharing the word only to the Jews. And it says they found out, hold on, we got, we got Greeks, we got Gentiles, we got non-Jews saying they following Jesus. We got to check this out. And who do they send? They send Barnabas. Now, I want you to understand how he's characterized right here in verse 24. It says Barnabas was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit. And of faith. Now, let me, let me, let's do a little English language right here, a little, little grammar. Full of Holy Spirit and, and, and carries that over. So he's full of the Holy Spirit and he's full of faith. If the Bible described you as good, he's good. He's filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, if you remember, we've talked about this being filled with the Spirit and indwelling Holy Spirit. It's characterizing this empowerment, but also influenced and led by the Spirit. Meaning, he has fully submitted himself to the Lord and however the Lord's going to use him. So it's no longer about him. It's about what the Lord's plan is for him. And he was full of faith. Everything about him was trusting the Lord. Why am I stressing this point? See, he was trusted by the Jerusalem church because he was a man that trusted God with everything. We talk about living selflessly. Do Have you fully trusted the Lord? Are you filled with the Holy Spirit? Yeah, I know you place faith in Jesus Christ and you have the indwelling Holy Spirit. But now I'm talking about are you filled with the Holy Spirit? Are you being guided and led and everything about you is not about you, but it's about what God is doing in and through you. Have you freed yourself up from you and have you released yourself to be fully led by the guidance of the Holy Spirit as you trust, because you're full of faith, trust Jesus with your life. This is what it means to look, live selflessly. This is selfless living. you fully heart given over to God, and I'm, I'm yours. I'm yours, Lord. Whatever you want to do, however you want to work in my life, have your will. I will follow you. We see Barnabas as this, and he goes. He leaves Jerusalem, travels up to Antioch. That's about, that's about 300 miles. Not, not, not up because he has to descend if he's in Jerusalem, but he has to go north. He goes up. That's about 300-mile uh, trek. And he goes, and he witnesses what the Lord is doing, and he praises God. And they continue, and it says what? Numbers, large numbers were being added. People were coming to faith in Christ. It was a marvelous thing that's happening. So right from the jump, we see what kind of person this is. This is a person that is full of faith, totally surrendered to God, and doesn't count his own possessions as his own, but it all belongs to the Lord. He's willing to give what he has for the benefit of the kingdom. More from Dr. Jones in a moment. But first, during this month, you can request your MP3 download of the sermon series, Forever Family, with your donation to the ministry. This is a great resource where Dr. Jones teaches, 
how believers do not relate to one another like family, but we are truly family in Christ Jesus. Go to daryljones.org. That's D-A-R-Y-L jones.org to give and request your copy today. Now let's rejoin Dr. Jones for the rest of today's message. This is what selfless living looks like. It's a heart for God and that heart for God follows with the life of whatever God wants to do in and through you. And because he had that heart for God, he was trusted by people. People, they, they, they found him trustworthy. You don't send somebody you don't trust that far for that type of mission. So when you live selflessly and people around you witness your faithfulness and your trustworthiness, you will be entrusted with more. Some of us, we want more. We want God to do more through us. We want others to give us more responsibility. They would like, we would like more in our lives. We like to do more. Some of us, even from a good heart, we want to make a bigger impact. How are you doing right where you are right now with what you have? Are you showing and putting on display a heart fully dedicated to the Lord? Full of faith. Full of the Holy Spirit. He was trusted. He had a heart for God. But his heart for God led to a heart for people. If we are going to live selflessly, if we are going to walk in selfless living, it starts with the heart of God and that leads to a heart for people. Do you care about people you're around? Do you see people in need? Do you see things going on around you and actually care about them? And when they got word from a prophet that said it's going to be famine, they, they, they immediately start getting things together. Why? Because they believe the report from the Holy Spirit. And they said, we're going to go meet the needs. And so they did. Selfless living. Heart for God and heart for people. People are in need. We take the needs to them. But then it wasn't just about meeting physical needs. We also see that he was serious about taking the message of Jesus Christ to the nations. Barnabas participated in relief efforts, but he was just as serious as he believed the report from the Holy Spirit to go take relief. He did the same when it came to taking the gospel to people that needed the gospel, that needed salvation. And we see this in Acts chapter 13 verses 1 through three. They go out and now they, they traveling, taking the gospel. This is when they took Mark along with them too, named John, also named John Mark. They took him along with them. They going out, they sharing the gospel. They, they, people getting saved. The Holy Spirit's coming on people. It's, it's a marvelous thing. God is moving in a major way. They're taking to the gospel. They're taking the gospel to people that's never heard about Jesus. Don't, don't know what the gospel of Jesus Christ is. What do you think about this? They go, they preaching the gospel. Paul says, this dude has got faith. He tells him, stand up. Miracle. Dude gets up. They think it's Zeus and Hermes. They bring out a sacrifice. And they're like, no, no, no. No. Don't give us the glory. The glory goes to the Lord. And he says, you've known that God exists because you get rain. You get food. You have all this stuff. We're telling you who this God is. And then people get mad. And what do they do? They stone Paul to death. They leave him for dead. Now remember, Barnabas is his boy. Remember I said, it's not convenient. 
It's not convenient. You out here doing the Lord's work, Zoe's getting stoned. All you know is, well, they call me Zeus. What they did that to Hermes, what they going to do to me? But the disciples come around, they pray, and then he gets up, and then they keep going. They don't quit. After all that craziness, they do not quit. What an encouragement to us. Even when it's not convenient, they go on and they keep planting churches. They keep planting churches and they seeing God defying every paradigm they have. Gentiles are placed in faith. They're receiving the Holy Spirit. They don't have to become Jews first. They don't have to get circumcised first. They don't have to do all these things. It's by faith in Christ. And the disciples and all the apostles recognize what God is doing. Barnabas is on fire for the Lord. But it's, it doesn't just stop there because we're talking about a heart for God, heart for people. He also, and I want to get this, we're talking about all this stuff with Saul. Remember who Saul was, right? See, he had a heart for people and he even had a heart for people that other people were scared of. Other people who were fearful of, meaning he went out, it was him who went and got Saul. It was him from the beginning was defending Saul when everybody else was like, man, oh, we, you know who that guy is? That dude is literally destroying the church. He is killing people. We see him, on, you go back in Acts 9. Acts 9, 26, it says that when he arrived in Jerusalem, this time about Paul, Saul, Apostle Paul, he tried to join the disciples, but they were afraid of him since they did not believe he was a disciple. Well, nobody believed in Saul was a convert. They thought he was a spy. He was infiltrating. He was faking because he was going to get them. They were scared of him. And it says, Barnabas, however, took him, brought him to the apostles and explained to them how Saul had seen the Lord on the road and that the Lord had talked to him and how in Damascus he had spoke boldly in the name of Jesus. I'm stressing this point. Barnabas had a heart for people to the point that he had a heart for people that other people didn't have a heart for. He had a heart for people that people were scared of and running from. Because he understood the Lord in a way that some others, even at the time, even the apostles, they didn't get it. And he stepped in to defend the work of the Lord in one whom nobody thought was deserving. And then Barnabas steps in when nobody believed and said, no, no, God is able. Do you care for people like that? Do you believe God can do that for people? Do you believe that there, do you believe that people that you think of the most diabolical, the furthest from Jesus, do you believe God can save them and will you stand up for them? Do you have that kind of heart? Because that's selfless. He's putting his neck on the line. And then when Barnabas was pastor in Antioch, check this out. Barnabas is up there serving as pastor in Antioch. Pope coming to Christ, he's like, I need some help. Who do I go get? Let me go over to Tarsus. I'm going to go get Paul. Brought him back. And there they served and ministered together. Sounded like they were co-pastors. He went and got him. This, he had one of those hearts. People were still, some people still on the fence like, uh, I don't know. No, I'm going to go get him. I'm going to bring him back because I know what the Lord is doing. I know what the Lord is capable of. Now, don't think it was all pretty. Don't think it was all, their whole relationship was just great. Remember, one of the, one of the early disagreements we see with them was, Paul talks about in Galatians, where they disagreed when it came to certain uh, dietary restrictions and uh, circumcision and eating relationships with Jews and Gentiles, even though they were both in the faith. 
Paul charged up Peter because Peter separated himself from the Gentiles when some Jews showed up in Antioch when they were sitting there eating. And it says, and Barnabas was siding with Peter. Paul said, I had to go off on both of them because they have misunderstood. Even in their actions, they've misunderstood the gospel, the unity we have in Christ. So they weren't just, it wasn't just peaches and cream. Friends can have disagreements. And disagreements can get so much that even it can cause a split for a time. It can cause a split for a time. And, and both can be right. They don't, it ain't always one wrong and one right. We see this because we see even when there came a split, it was over a situation where this guy born of us who had a heart for God and had a heart for people, not only did he have a heart for people and people that people were fearful of, he had a heart for people that other people would throw away. See, in Acts 15, 37 through 40, when they set back out on another missionary trip, the text says Barnabas wanted to take along John Mark, but Paul insisted that they should not take along this man who had deserted them in Pomphylia and had not gone with them to the work. They had such a sharp disagreement that they parted company and Barnabas took Mark with him and sailed off to Cyprus. But Paul chose Silas and departed after being commended by the brothers and sisters to the grace of the Lord. They got in such a disagreement they split and went separate ways. Paul took Silas and they went on and the rest of Acts follows Paul. Barnabas took his cousin, John Mark, and went on his way. And one thing I love about that is we see what happened in the life of Mark because Barnabas cared. Barnabas invested. Barnabas took him along to continue the work. A young man who had early quit on the work now was going back and was getting kicked to the curb. And Mark needed that strong rebuke from Paul to see how serious the work is. But he also needed that encouragement and that leadership of Barnabas because what happened to Mark? We see later, 15, 20 years later, we see something happen in Mark's life where Mark is then being referenced by the Apostle Paul as useful to me in ministry, as to the Colossians. He says, remember, I told you about Mark, welcome him. The Apostle Peter calls Mark, my son. And you sitting there like, what happened between that? What we do know is this, when there was a young Mark getting kicked to the curb because of his early showing that he was not trustworthy, that he was not faithful, and he didn't have the stomach to live and do the work of the Lord, there was a selfless cat named Barnabas that said, all right, I will take him. You ever thought about how many people need you like that? How many people out here have been kicked to the curb, tossed aside by the world, and nobody sees anything in them. Everybody has written them off. Do you know how God may want to use you in their life because God may have some amazing things for them? Remember, Mark was the one that ended up writing the gospel of Mark. So Barnabas is involved. So we learn something from Barnabas right here when he talk about selfless living. It's not about me and, and, and the undesirables and the people that people are scared of and the people that people that others don't want to have anything to do with. I'm selfless. I'm going to step in the gap and I'm going to be who Jesus called me to be and I'm going to lead them. I'm going to walk with them. I'm going to walk alongside with them and I'm going to help them become who Christ has called them to be. I'm inviting you to be that person. I'm inviting you to be and live out this kind of selfless living. 
Then it's not about you that you got a heart for God and you got a heart for people. And now you're going to step in and you're going to be the salt of the earth. You're going to be the light of the world. You're going to be pointing people to Jesus. You're going to be walking. You're going to be defending. You're going to be taken care of. God wants to use you in the same way. You may not do everything Barnabas did, but what he serves as a great witness for what a selfless life looks like. And we need it. The church needs it. The world needs us living in this fashion. We don't just keep the grace that God has given us. We don't just keep the gifts and all that. We don't just hold on to what God gives us and try to be great and just hoard what God gives us. No, we share whatever it is. If it be resources, we share that. If we, God bless us with money, we share that. If it's uh, knowledge, we share that. If we have just this huge dispense of care and compassion and love, we share that. Whatever God gives us, we share it. If you think the world is sick around us, it is. We're the salt of the earth. We're the light of the world. I Meaning the world needs us to go out. Your brothers and sisters in Christ need you to step in and help live selfless. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's not about what I get. <laughs> we, don't, we don't participate and go to church so we can get something. No, we go so that we can experience, so that we can share, and that we can love on each other and encourage one another. As we wait for Jesus to return. That's, that's, that's straight up Hebrews. Hebrews 10, 24 and 25. My challenge to you is that you see your life and you live selflessly out of a heart for God first, which becomes a heart for others. Thank you for listening to Point with Daryl Jones. This was just one part from the series, Ordinary People, Extraordinary Experiences where we learn how God uses everyday normal people to accomplish amazing things for the kingdom of God. If this ministry has blessed you and you would like to partner with Point Ministries, please visit daryljones.org. That's D-A-R-Y-L jones.org. Your financial generosity keeps us on the air and we are grateful for your faithfulness. And remember, keep making Jesus the point.